how do we build that credibility? One of the easiest, quickest ways is to partner with others that have experience. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, as always, Todd Dexheimer. And on this hump day hustle, it's just me. Uh, Matt and I were talking and I'm just going to talk about some, some private money. So imagine being able to raise $5 million in a day. What would that look like? What would you be able to do with that? You know, look, we, all, we have our, our dreams. We all want to do certain things in, in real estate and, or maybe your, your own business, uh, d- d- something outside of real estate. But you go, man, if I could just raise that money. Because look, there's really, there's three hurdles in this whole business thing and, and maybe more, right? But three big hurdles, uh, especially when we're talking real estate specifically. So for, first of all, the first hurdle, and, and quite frankly, this is the real biggest hurdle is your mindset, your, your brain, your, your just your emotions, they get in the way and they stop you from actually taking action. Um, that's a whole different topic. We're not going to talk about that today. That is the biggest thing that holds people back is that they don't believe in themselves. They're too scared about it. They, what, whatever it is, they're in their own way and, and they don't move forward. The next thing is finding the deal, you know, finding your business, whatever it is, finding that deal. And in today's market, there's just not a ton of deals. And there's a lot of excuses. Oh, I can't find any deals. Part of that's mindset. But another part is there's just not a ton of deals out there. It's just, that's just the truth. Um, and there's a lot of properties out there that you could buy, but are they good deals? Do they make financial sense? Are you being prudent with your money or your investor's money? And that's the question you got to ask all the time, especially if you're taking other people's money. So the last thing out there is the money. And if you had that big chunk of money to be able to buy a bunch of stuff, what would you do? Well, Todd, I would go to Vegas and, and uh, you know, I'd double that money. Uh, well, if you if you thought that in your head, you should maybe stop listening right now because I don't want to teach you anymore because please don't take that money and go to Vegas and try to double it. Uh, remember, that's investor's money. Uh, you want to be super prudent with it. So if your head said, I'm going to take it to Vegas, please just stop. Just stop uh, listening and and <laughs> go listen to somebody else's podcast, not mine. Uh, but no, I know you guys uh, that are listening here, of course, uh, that's not the case. So um, my, my business partner, uh, Drew Whitson, we were sitting down, uh, and we were just kind of going through some processes and, and thoughts in, in our business. And Drew wrote this wheel down and at the center of the wheels is the general partner. And then all throughout the wheel uh, on the outside is a, 
what the general partner does to put this whole deal together, right? So you've got property management, you've got legal, you've got due diligence, you've got, you've got finding the deal, you've got underwriting the deal, you've got data and market analysis to make sure we're in the right market, we're in the right submarket. We've got all the, the, the little things together to, to make sure that's the case. We got the debt, we got investor relations, project management, asset management, uh, we've got execution. And then we got finally at the end, we've got exiting. And then the, the what we're going to be talking about today is getting the equity or raising that private money for your deal, bringing the money into the deal. And so there's so many little things to the general partnership. But one of the big things, again, is, is the equity, right? We're talking about we got to find the deal and then we got to get the equity. Of course, there's still the execution part, right? There's a lot of little pieces in between and we got to make sure we're finding the correct things for that. But today we're talking about the money. Bring me the money because I want to close deals. I know I can execute. I know I've got all those other parts of the wheel, right? But I don't have the money. So bring me the money. All right. So why private money? Because quite frankly, it's probably easier if you don't bring in private money, right? It, it's just, it just is. It's just easier if you just do the deal on your own. And there's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead, buy a duplex, buy uh, a, a 10 unit building, you know, whatever you can buy. But that, that's the thing is bringing other people's money actually helps accelerate your investing because look, on my own, I can buy a duplex. On my own, I, I might be able to buy a 10-unit building or five-unit building. Or maybe I could partner with a friend and, and together we can buy you know, that 10-unit building. Or maybe we can even get up to a 20 or a 30-unit building. But it's really tough for us to continue and, and buy more. And, and quite frankly, even if let's say we can buy that 30-unit building, what's going to happen after we buy that building? Well, we're going to be sitting on the sidelines. We're going to be working on getting that 30 unit building uh, appreciating in value by doing our value add and all that kind of stuff. But we're also sitting on the sidelines because we don't have any money because we spent it all on that one building. So we're stuck. We can't continue to expand and grow. What's the other reason? Well, I love providing other people with great returns. It feels good to me. I love giving people that check, you know, and obviously now we do ACH, so I don't get to see it as much. So quite frankly, it's not as gratifying. I, I really enjoyed when I was flipping properties, I would get done with the flip and then we would get all the books done and, uh, you know, a week or two or whatever it took, uh, we would have all that ready and I would meet with the investor. We'd, we'd you know, Go, go to lunch or coffee or whatever, or meet them at their office, meet with their investor. And I would hand them that big check. And that felt so good. And there was many times, well, the, the, just the, the excitement of that passive investor, um, the, the smile on their face, just the, hey, this is awesome, right? So that felt really good. And it still feels really good. And I love doing it. And quite frankly, I'm providing them with great returns. But what am I doing for myself? I'm building my own portfolio and I'm providing myself with great returns as well, right? I'm building a large, much larger business uh, that can sustain more. One of the things we talk about is single family homes. One of the bad things with single family homes is that if one tenant leaves, well, you've got a hundred percent vacancy, right? Well, 
a hundred unit buildings better because if one tenant leaves, I've got 99% vacancy. Well, what happens if I've got 10,000 units in my portfolio and one tenant leaves? Think about it. I've got almost 0% vacancy at that point in time. If I've got 20, 30,000, ah, you can imagine one tenant doesn't affect us that much. And so the larger you go, the more insulated you are. Of course, if you're doing it right, owning 30% of something is much better than 100% of nothing. So first of all, let's, before we dig into how do we raise private money, let's talk about some of the real serious things. Raising money is to 100% be taken seriously, be taken diligently. It's not meant for everyone. Okay. It doesn't need to be your path, but it could be your path. If you think, first of all, you, you, can, you can actually execute the properties effectively after you buy them. The larger properties, the, the, more, the more properties really have a good business. Um, are you able to underwrite conservatively and properly operate the, the building and fully execute the business plan? So think about when you're looking at this deal and putting it together, can you actually do what you say you're going to do? Do you have the experience necessary? Have you built the team out? You know, maybe you haven't personally done all these big deals, but who's in your team? Who are your partners? Like, do you really, are you really capable of doing this? Uh, the, other, the next thing is, can you communicate effectively with your investors? I've have investors that, at, in the beginning, I probably, and I know actually, not probably, I didn't communicate well. And I had investors that would get a little upset with me. They trusted me, but they would get upset because I wasn't communicating effectively. Now, our communication is much better. We're, we, could, we send out very detailed emails every single month. We send the financials out. We're making sure we're being very transparent to our investors. And I get people that tell me, thank you for that. And I get investors that are very committed because I do that. And they tell me that. And so that's huge. Can you communicate effectively? Are you able to treat other people's money better than your own. That has to be so important. Are you willing to put your own money at stake? Um, and what th happens if things take a bad turn? Look, COVID happened and I was pretty nervous. We just got done renovating a bunch of units at two of our assets. We had 75% occupancy. I was nervous when that whole thing went down and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we've got I think we had like 35 or 40 units just renovated, ready to go. And, and I was like, oh, my, these are going to all sit here. And, and I looked at my wife and, and I, I said, it's going to get rocky or it could get rocky. Um, and, you know, if we lose these properties, we're just, we're going to have to buckle down because we're going to be paying these investors back over the next several years. And that has to be your mindset, has to be your mindset. What are you gonna do if things take a turn for the worse? How are you gonna take care of these people that have trusted you with their money? All right, so let's talk seven steps to raising millions in a day, millions in a day. Who wants to be able to raise millions in a day? That's awesome. Let's talk about the seven steps to doing that. Because if you can't raise millions in a day, guess what? You're not going to be able to do big deals. And the last thing we want to do is be stressing out. We've 
got this deal under contract. We probably put a big chunk of earnest money right down hard. A lot of times it's like, it's, it's, it's gone. Like we can't do anything. If we don't get this money, we're done. Right. And so we got to be able to raise that money and we don't want to uh, be, be juggling last minute to try to figure out the funds. I know a lot of people who've done it and it's always just a ton of stress for them and for, for, for everybody involved. So, all right, first and foremost to seven steps to raising millions in a day. First of all, have a strong business plan. Know your objectives, know what makes you and your company special and know what makes this property special and know what you need and understand what you need to do to get there and have a concrete plan. And the beautiful thing about a business plan, a strong business plan, is if you do it right, you're telling everybody that needs to know about your business plan and you're showing them how we get there, right? We're telling our property manager, we're talking through our business plan with our property manager. We're telling our contractors, this is the business plan. Here is the timelines. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to get there. You're telling everybody that needs to be involved. What happens a lot is we have these business plans. They're maybe in our head. Maybe even they're on a piece of paper, but we don't share them with the key players involved. And then we wonder why we're struggling. Or we even do share, but we don't explain. We don't go into detail. We don't show them the passion of what we're truly looking for. Okay. For us, one of the key things we want to make sure our managers know is that the people are coming first. Our tenants come first. Our, we want our residents to feel warm, welcome, and and but they are important, right? And that's what we want to make sure that our on-site staff knows, our maintenance people know, our property management company knows, our contractors know. Because if they know that and they understand that they have to treat them like we are wanting them to be treated, everybody's getting taken care of. We're a lot more successful. Understand what your values are. Understand how you are going to complete that value add. Know if it's long-term, if this thing's short-term, how many units are we renovating a month? Um, you know, how are we going to get those units available to renovate? What are we doing? Uh, is this thing a cash flow play? Is it appreciation? Is it a little bit of both? Where, where is it? You know, so we got to really dive in and know how are we going to do this thing? What are we going to do? And, and make sure everybody else understands the exact same thing. Number two, well, I can have a really strong business plan, but if I'm not very credible, if I don't have the experience, uh, nobody's going to invest with me. Nobody's going to invest, right? So I've got to build credibility. Somehow people have to know what I do. I, I hear people that will try to raise from their friends and family network and, and try to raise some money, but nobody knows what they do. They think of them as they know, they know of them as the engineer, but they don't know of them as, as a real estate investor. You've got to start telling people what you're doing. You've got to start getting it out there. Um, you have to make sure you build that awareness around, around it. So first of all, build awareness. Next, you know, 
grow that credibility. So how do you do it? Well, it, it can be your own experience. You know, I bought these duplexes, I bought the 10 unit, I, I did that. You know, and, and now I've morphed into, you know, buying these larger buildings and I'm, I'm raising money from friends and family. And maybe you've raised money on smaller deals. So, so that's great. Uh, but maybe you haven't, maybe you're like, this is my very first uh, deal, or maybe it's, I've, I've done a couple single family homes, I've done a duplex, whatever, but th this is like 150 unit building or hundred, whatever it is. Well, how do we build that credibility? One of the easiest, quickest ways is to partner with others that have experience. Of course, make sure they're honest and ethical and follow your values and follow your beliefs and they, uh, that they actually want to execute the same business plan as you do, right? That's really important, but partner with others that have experience, okay? They, uh, your passive investors, are partnering with you because they believe in you, they trust in you, and you have the experience. So you have to have that. You have to provide that for them. Um, understand what you're doing, right? Get educated. <laughs> understand how to do this deal. Know, talk the talk, walk the walk. Know the market. Know what your asset class find a coach or mentor to help you along the way. Uh, make sure you have a competent contractor and a competent property manager. Maybe even partner with your property manager. Bring them in as part of the general partnership. And the other thing is when we have all that together, let's make a sample deal. Okay. With a full business plan, let's put together a full slide deck. You can even do a presentation. You could take that and send it to potential investors to go, hey, why don't you take a look at this? To let me know what you think about um, you know, this, this slide deck that I've presented. Is it really easy to understand or is it confusing? Hey, here's a webinar I made. Uh, this is an example deal. Just want to, do you understand what's going on here? Is it really confusing? Because I'm going to be presenting this to investors. I want you to take a look at it. By the way, that was actually that little script there that was given to me by one of my coaching clients. So thank you, Jim, for giving me that script because that was amazing. Uh, and, and there's just little things that you can start to do to put in people's minds that what you're doing. Okay. And so then they start to say, oh, you know, Bob, he, he does multifamily. Or when you bring them, when, when Bob brings the deal, they're not like, what the heck is this? Right, we've got to start getting people aware. All right, so number three, friends and family. Friends and family will be your go-to investors from the start. So if you want to raise millions, you've got to get your friends and family into your deals, in my opinion. Now, I know people that don't, but I think it's a great way to start. Write down all the friends and family and acquaintances, coworkers, you know, people that you think have maybe, maybe the minimum. Now, don't write down Aunt Betty who's can't pay her mortgage, can't pay her rent, who's scratching through or searching through the, the couch cushions to find that extra quarter. You know, that's probably not the right person, but you'd be surprised some of the people um, that will invest with you and they're the millionaire next door type of person. They just, they, they don't appear like they have a lot of money. They don't spend like they have a lot of money, but they do because they're frugal. They're driving that rusty car around. They're living in that, you know, 1500 square foot house. Uh, you know, it's like, like you just don't assume. Right. And then you also have some of those friends 
And I was just, just uh, on a run with one of my investors the other day. And, and this is exactly what we said. It's like some of these, there's a lot of these people who you would expect to have a ton of money because they live in the big, huge house. They drive the fancy cars. They've got the boats and all the toys, right? Yet they couldn't write a $10,000 check if their life depended on it because they're living paycheck to paycheck. They make $400,000 a year and they spend $399,000 a year. So they're going, I don't have $10,000, nonetheless, $50,000 to invest. Uh, but, but anyway, so take that friends and family, coworkers, acquaintances, write them all down, put them all down. Anybody who you think has a, even a chance of investing. When you have that list, let's say it's 50 people, multiply that by 40%. That's how many people will potentially invest in your deal right? 40% of them will potentially invest in your deal. Not again, not all of, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's 25 for you. Maybe it's 50% for you. Maybe it's even more for you. That depends on some of the other steps that you take. Okay. Take that multiply it by 40%. That's, that's how many people will invest in your deal. And then whatever your minimum is, take that, multiply it. So if you've got, if you've got 20 people and your minimum is $100,000, you can raise $2 million, right? All right. Number four, this is the next step, right? We got their friends and family. Now we need to build that network. If we really want to raise millions of dollars in a matter of days, we have to expand our network and we have to expand it as quickly as possible. But we want to be genuine still, right? So the next thing is networking. And this, my friends, is the number one thing that you need to do is meet people face to face, okay? When I look at my investors and I look at my investor list, face to face is the number one way I get people to commit 100% of the time. I can meet people on the phone. Those are great conversations. We maybe hit it off, but it doesn't mean they're going to invest, right? A lot of times they don't. Figure out how to get in and meet people. If you're introverted, you've got to figure it out still. You've got to find ways to get in and network. Local real estate meetups, okay? Um, local business meetups, right? Lions Club, Chamber of Commerce, all those things meet with other high profile real estate investors, you, you leverage, right? Leverage their networks, um, volunteer, become a leader on a board, figure out how to get into organizations that have people that are wealthy. Now, again, you got to be careful with all this. You want to make sure getting in front of the right people. The conversations will come up. What do you do? Okay. Understand how to talk to people about what you do. You, when I was first starting this business, people would ask me what I did. And I said, I was a real estate investor. And they'd say, Oh, you, you're a realtor. Oh, I'd say, Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, that's it. I didn't want to tell people, brag to people what I did. I thought I was 
being arrogant or cocky or whatever, because I was doing well. And a lot of people weren't at that time. And, and so I didn't want to make it about me, right? So just kind of brush it off. But I missed probably a lot of opportunities because I, I didn't really tell people what I did. So make sure you talk to others about what you do. Do it in course in a you know, way where you're not sounding like you're selling to people. Um, but just get out there. Just meet people. Meet people for coffee. Meet people for lunch. Uh, sit down with them for happy hour. Just you have to get out there and you have to put yourself in front of people. And you have to understand, here's, here's one of the things I would say with, with in-person networking, understand who you really speak to. Who do you, who do you get along the most with? Do you get along the most with doctors because maybe you're a former doctor or you worked in the medical industry or, you know, something like that? Well, great. Then you speak to them. Then you should network with them. I don't speak to doctors. Not that doctors aren't my investors, because I do have some, but that's not my main person I, I, I go after, because that's not my target audience. It just isn't. But maybe you're an engineer, okay? Again, that's your target audience. Figure out how to get in with that network. So figure out the right network. Figure out who those people are and how, and then and then get in there and talk with them. Join their clubs join their meetup groups and that way you can get it joint become part of the board right network with the affluent by becoming one of them by joining a club if you've got the means to join a club uh, join a club you know wh whatever it might be so get in there and meet people face to face one-on-one -on -one. they get to know like and trust you way way quicker Okay, so the next thing, and, and I would say this is a big step down from in-person networking, but it's, it's a great way to get yourself out there quickly. And the, the nice thing about this is it's evergreen. Okay, so build a thought leadership platform. So obviously, I've got a podcast, right? And that's evergreen. People can go back and listen to my podcast. We also put our, our everything on YouTube. So it's on YouTube. It's on the, the, all the podcast platforms. Uh, we do some blogging too. We do Facebook posts. Uh, you know, so all that kind of stuff. We've got our own meetup. We've got a real estate conference. All that stuff is great way to get in front of a lot of people. Okay, so build a thought leadership program, a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, that Facebook group, the LinkedIn group, uh, host your own meetup, get on to, um, uh, what's that, uh, I can't even think of the name of, of uh, that kind of conference app, um, but, but just there's so many social media avenues out there, get a, be a part of one of them or five of them. But whatever you can handle, get a part of one or two. Well, I always start with one or two right away. Be involved in social media, but be purposeful about it, right? It gets, be super purposeful. The other thing, and this is the, probably more valuable, especially if you've, if you've got your own, let's say you've got your own podcast or your own blog, your own YouTube channel, 
you got to get onto other people's podcasts. You have to get onto other people's podcasts because what that does is that grabs their network and brings them into your network. And so you can get onto a lot of other people's podcasts, grab one or two people from their network, boom, now they're part of yours. Okay. Huge way to get people to start listening to you, start getting interested in you and start getting comfortable with you. And that's the thing. You want people to get comfortable with you. If you're genuinely a good person, which I know you are, then people are going to start to know, like, and trust you. And then they're going to want to invest with you. And that gives you the millions to buy the deals you need. All right. This is something that I have lacked. I know a lot of people lack is cultivating relationships. Okay. We have to stay in contact with the people that we meet. If we don't stay in contact with them, there's no point to meeting them. So we have to figure out how do we add value to them? Okay. How do we continue to constantly add value to them? How do we stay in front of them? How do we stay part of their life, right? Get in front of them one-on-one, if at all possible, meet them for lunch. But we've got to continue that. Put them on your mailing list, right? Stay in contact. Have follow-up phone calls. Have a process in place to where you're going to be able to stay in contact with them. So cultivate and build your relationships, right? Don't ask for that money, Build a relationship, they're going to ask if they can invest with you. Okay, most of the people that I have invested with me ask if they can invest with me. I don't ask, I quite frankly, I never ask, I never ask anybody if they want to invest. I provide them that opportunity. I'll tell them there's an opportunity to invest, but I'm not asking them. That's up to them. They get to decide. I'm not forcing anybody to do it couple of reasons. One, it makes me look desperate, right? And I, I don't want to be desperate. Two, it helps me with compliance because if I'm not asking for money, people are asking to invest in my deals, right? I didn't put them in. I wasn't a shark. I wasn't a shark telling them, this is the deal you have to invest in because it's amazing. And in my deal is the only deal to invest in. And you're going you're gonna to make so much money, you won't even be able to believe it. No. They came up to me and they said, hey, can I invest in your deal? I said, sure. Here's what it is. All right. So the last thing to raising millions is you've got to be able to execute. Have to be able to execute. And so again, we talked about communication. Communicate regularly. Under promise, over deliver. Okay. Now, how do we know that? Well, we, we try to do our best, right? We try, we try to be honest with our underwriting. We try to be honest with our assumptions. And we try to then tell the investors, like, look, this, you're going to make this. This is what we would like to have you make. Here's our range. But knowing in the back of your head that there's a really good chance you're going to make a lot more money than that. But not telling them that. Just saying, this is our range. If you're comfortable with that, uh, consider investing, right? Under promise, over deliver. We're going to communicate with you regularly, okay? Make sure you're communicating with them every single month, giving them super detailed information under promise, over deliver. Use a securities attorney. 
right? Make sure you're using the right people, putting the right people in your, uh, in, in, on your team, okay? To be able to execute the property manager, the attorneys, the, con- the contractors, right? The appraisers, the, 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 the lender, right? All the, everything in the right. Invest your own money. I think that's super important. You got to invest some of your own money and then create a minimum investment. I think that's really important too. create a minimum amount of investment. I use $50,000. You got to decide what's best for you. Um, then the last thing is, again, we talked about the business plan. Make sure you can follow and execute on that business plan. So execute, right? All right. So why, why um, people always ask me like, why, why would I want to invest passively? Um, I tell, or, or how do I even tell my investors, potential investors, that it's right to invest passively? I tell them, look, if you got a high, high-paying, demanding job, it doesn't even have to be demanding, just a high-paying job. If you like what you do, like why, why would you, why would you do it yourself? Why would you try to do this real estate yourself? A lot of people go around and they try to buy these single-family houses, duplexes. They try to buy turnkey properties, buy small apartment buildings. It's like you know, you're busy. Is that really the best use of your time? Like you're making really good money in your day job. Is that the best use of your time, or is the best use of your time to invest your money with my company? make just as good a returns, if not better, and have zero hassle and headache. And if you want to do this full-time later when you retire or you know, 10 years from now when, when you got enough money, fine, go, go do it. But why, why, why spend, why, why give yourself like that extra heart attack, right? Why stress yourself out when you don't need to be? Spend time with your family. Spend time with your friends. Like, if you got a great job and you like it, just invest your money with my company, and we'll make you good returns. And again, do it on your, do it later, like when when you're retired. Get the tax benefits. Look, you, a lot of people have tax problems. <laughs> they pay too much money in taxes. Well, real estate provides. Some tax benefits. We get depreciation and look, we give you a K-1. You get that at the end of every year. And even though, even though you actually put an extra 10 grand in your bank account, our K-1 will show that you lost 10K this year because of the depreciation and all that kind of stuff. So you get some tax benefits. You get the passive income. Of course, you're not doing anything. You get to diversify your money. Most people have their money tied up in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Put some money into other assets. Be smart about what you're doing. Everybody tells you to diversify, right? These financial advisors, they tell you to diversify your money, yet they don't diversify your money. They put them in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. You're not diversified at all. Put some money into real estate. Put some money into startups. Put some money into you know, different asset classes. Uh, the last thing is you get to learn while you're making money. If you ever want to do this, this is a great opportunity to learn. And I get a lot of investors, quite frankly, that that's what they want to do. That's why they're investing with me because they want to do one or two uh, investments with me. They get to learn and then they're going to grow their own portfolio and do exactly what I did. Uh, do it better, right? Learn from the things that they don't like that I did and go, hey, I, I, I know I can you know, avoid those mistakes. So 
what are common mistakes? People advertise when they shouldn't, okay? People set up a joint venture when it really should be a syndication. Just because it's your dad investing doesn't mean he's a, a joint venture. You know, if he's passive, he's passive, then it's syndication. Um, not building your list, assuming that the deal finds the money. Uh, assuming that all your investors will invest one of the first deals I did. I thought all my investors are going to invest, but this is going to be so easy. I can raise a million dollars. It'll happen, you know, basically in a day. And little did I know that not all my investors that I thought would invest invested in, and some of the amounts that they invested were much smaller than what I thought. Um, mistake beyond that is, is not oversubscribing, right? A lot of times we think, Hey, we got the million. We're good. Uh, but if one investor drops out, ah, shoot, now we got to raise more money. Well, what happens if that's you know, not very long before closing, we're panicking? So I always have some backup investors. And, and then the last thing is raising too little, not thinking about all your expenses throughout the whole course of this deal and raising too little money, not having big enough reserves, not really thinking through the whole project. So make sure you're, you're thinking through the entire project, having a good solid business plan so you can raise enough money. So that is my seven steps to raising millions. I, I know if you want to do it, you can do it. Again, it might not be right for you. Maybe buying a duplex is the best. Maybe even passively investing is the best. Uh, but these are the seven steps. If you want to do it yourself, I know you can. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.